And while we're in this in this kind of mood of prayer and worship, I'm going to ask um, Robert to come up, and we're going to ask the elders, those close to Robert, to come too in just a minute. But Robert uh, recently has been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis MS. If you remember about 14 months ago, he had what we thought was a mini stroke. Now we know that it was connected to the MS. And so, um, you know, his legs, I, I, I've noticed he's gotten even a little slower, so we think sometimes it's affecting his legs and these things. So we're going to just come and pray for him because we believe in the God that still heals today. And so let's come and anyone's welcome to come and ask the elders to come and those that are close to, to Cookie. We're just going to pray for a healing for him and for wisdom. Yeah, go ahead and sit down. Amen. Just whoever wants to feel free, pray out. So knowing that, be in prayer for him. Be, be, be in prayer for Robert and, and know too that he's going to need some, some extra help. Uh, even we've got to get over and shovel out his walkway a little bit better if anyone wants to go over and it kind of iced up while he was down the hill. And because uh, he just, he's not as sure on his feet right now. We are praying for absolute healing. Uh, so keep in prayers and, and make sure we're checking on him as well as we need to check on others in our fellowship. Amen. A couple things, um, and I mentioned this last week, Donna Stokes, Denny's mom, went to be with Jesus on, was it Wednesday the the 6th, right? Yeah. Early in the morning, and Doug and Denny were with her all night. We're going to have, a, they're going to have a celebration of life, a memorial. It's going to be in Glendora on January 31st at 1.30 in the afternoon. So if anyone wants to go, you're invited to that. Just see Doug and Danny or probably Karen or Sue would have information too. They can help you with any details uh, with that. So um, and be in prayer for the family. I don't know if anyone else noticed that date, January 31st. Something else was going to be happening on that date. That's yeah, their annual business meeting. Karen, you were kind of taking a look. How did we do this morning? Okay. Well, we've got about half or almost half of the membership in the church, and so we're going to need to move the date for the annual business meeting because there's going to be at least 10 of us, including myself, at the memorial, and that was the only day they could do it. So we need to move it. I, th I think it'd be easier to actually move it into February, and so we kind of have a couple of options. Uh, doing it on a Sunday afternoon seems to work for everyone, so we're, excuse us if you're visiting, we'll do business real quick. We have three dates. We have the first, second, or third weekend Sunday in February. The first Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> so if that was a vote for, that sounded like a vote for no with all the laughs. And uh, so we'll, we'll go to the, the next weekend is, is Valentine's Day, is the 14th of February. And so... So you guys can't say, hey, that's fine with me, because you'll be in the doghouse for that. So let's just go to the third weekend. How about that? 21st of February. It puts it out three weeks. Um, we're supposed to have it in January, but, but with us here, if, if, if that sounds okay with you to, to make a kind of a motion and move the annual meeting into February for the 21st, just raise your hand, and that's for basically all the members, kind of gets lots of hands up, and that looks good, doesn't it? I think we're okay. <laughs> all right. So put it on your calendar, and we'll we'll uh, we'll plan for the 21st of February. Have that. We'll do lunch right after church, and it, you know the meeting's only about an hour and a half. So you, if you're 
kind of a, a new a regular attender and you've been here for a while but aren't a member, you're welcome to come and, and uh, see what's going on in there. But we really do need the membership to come. We're going to be talking about some things in the uh, belief statements um, as well as passing the budget for the coming year and hearing all the reports of what was happening last year. So that's it. In your bulletin, you saw a great story there from, from David. I encourage you to take your bulletin home and read it. He's back doing the bulletin again, which we missed. And so um, at the end of the hallway, there's two tables up here. Um, it's the lost and found tables. You lost it. We found it. We want to give it back. <laughs> there's plates, dishes, pots and pans. There's clothes. There are little baby Sorrells. I mean, there's eyeglasses. There are charging cords. I mean, there is a lot of stuff down there. I encourage you to look in there to see if you're missing anything. We're going to have it out there for a couple of weeks. After that, we're going to change the sign from lost and found to take what you want and leave a donation. You know, we kind of turn into a little yard sale, a fundraiser for the youth group or something. So you got a couple weeks. Make sure you do check that out. See if there's anything in there. If you just see something you want, but it's not yours, don't take it yet. Because we want to make sure you give an opportunity for the people who did actually lose something. So that's happening at the end of the hall. Also, the uh, I guess the only other thing is, well, this will start being in the bulletin next week. I'll, I'll get with Josh Hastings is our sound tech, and he's looking for someone to train and, and help out on the soundboard. This morning I was back there, and that's why I didn't sound very good. But uh, if you're if you're interested in in working in the audio or sound ministry, uh, you could see Josh or myself. And uh, there is a requirement: you have to have good hearing. Is that a good one? Good hearing. So if you if you if you have a hearing loss, it's a lot harder. We can work with it, but I'd rather not. The other thing: you need to be able to able and willing to learn. Um, and it's it's a digital board. So if you like technology at all, Denny was back there this morning when I was pushing a couple buttons. She goes. Wow, that was really cool. All the sliders, they move up and down by themselves, and it's all colorful and lights. And, you know, it's, if you got ADD, there's a lot of things to keep you busy. <laughs> Woo! Anyways, so, but, but we do need that, so. Did it sound okay? All right, I was, I was having fun. I got ADD. Praise the Lord. Mark and Lisa are, are uh, this is their home away from home. They're both professional musicians. Uh, Mark is mixed, um, a platinum album, yeah, a platinum album. So I mean, he's got some some, he's got the goods. So really, when we do a sound thing, we should have you come up and train the new people. There we go. Who wants to pay for that? <laughs> Amen. Wow, it's a great time this morning. Hey, we are starting a journey this morning into the book of Acts. And so uh, get ready. We're going to wear out. We're going to wear out your pages over the next number of weeks. Oh, and I do. I need need to receive an offering as you're flipping in your Bibles. If I can get the ushers ready to receive an offering, if we even have ushers, that would be helpful. And uh, there we go. Jesse's going to jump, and if somebody else, Mike, thank you. And uh, you know, we won't make a big deal. We're just going to give to the Lord as He instructs us. But it is kind of cool. Go ahead and put that up there. We are in the 21st century now. You can now text to give in the offering. So if, if you are like tech savvy, want to do that, that is, I, I did try it. It's really easy. You just text, um, text whatever amount you want to give into the offering 
to that number, 909-303-6151, and then you'll get a link back and you just have to answer a couple, you know, car questions like your name, and then reach over into your friend's pocket or purse, steal out their credit card, and enter that information, and then we'll just take an offering that way. Does that work? In, in one of those drawers. There they are. They got them. It was those drawers. You are so, that's awesome. If we were the offering bags. Hey, let's just pray for the offering, get into the word. Father, thank you so much for um, bringing us together for this time of worship this morning. God, we thank you that you are in our midst and you will be working in on behalf of things we already prayed for this morning. As we give into the offering this morning, Lord, we, we see a new year with opportunities for ministry and missions. God, to expand the kingdom and to do things for you. So, Lord, we pray that you'd help us all to be good stewards, Father, individually and as a, as a corporate body of Christ. Bless this offering. Expand your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If anyone ends up doing this, I'd love to know how your experience goes, you know, if it, if it works out for you or not on the text thing. That's kind of... <laughs> It went backwards. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so we went from Joshua to Acts. And so we're going to get some Old Testament, get some New Testament. And the book of Acts is a great book. I think we're going to enjoy the journey. It's to This morning we're just going to kind of do a, a, a almost a, a, a flyby overview, talk a little bit about it. The In your Bible it says the Acts. If you go to the front it probably says the Acts of the Apostles. So the the book of Acts in the Bible is the history of of the church and the establishment of the church of Jesus Christ. Not of Latter-day Saints, but the church of Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it's our history book to understand what happened. I've heard it call, said that the book of Acts of the Apostles could rightly be named the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because when you read the book of Acts, which I encourage you to do, um, don't, don't just follow me. Read ahead. Be reading the book of Acts over the next couple of months. Get ahead. Get these, get questions and we're going to learn a lot. But there's so much about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts when he came to, uh, empower the church. The book of Acts was written by a man named Luke. He was a physician. He was educated. In fact, when you look in the Greek in the book of Luke, there are more larger, difficult words in the Greek than there are in the other Gospels. And so he was educated. He wrote the book um, as a letter. In fact, it's the second part of a, of a two-letter series. And if it, it was written by Luke, so the first book was Luke. Um, and, and its recipient is cool, is a guy named Theophilus. Anyone in here named Theophilus? Probably not. How about a Theo? Any Theos? Theophilus, uh, was a, it's a Greek word, uh, um, it's a Greek name and it means lover of God or God loved. And it's either one, Theo meaning God, and phileo is another word for love, and it's a friendship love. So um, there was a lot of Theophiluses in the early three centuries of the church. Because of that, they honestly don't know which one this was written to. Theophilus is just a guy, and they said, well, it could have been this guy, probably not, it might have been this guy. In fact, some people said, well, Theophilus could have even just been a general term for Christians because they were referred to friends of God. And so most scholars say that's probably not it, it was a, it was a man. Likely, Theophilus was of some type of nobility or rank. In the book of Luke, um, if you go back to Luke chapter 1, uh, you don't have to, but if you wanted to go there, it says, Oh, most excellent Theophilus. Most excellence is a title for nobility or wealth or rank. 
And so probably Theophilus was of some rank. And Luke takes the opportunity to talk about this Jesus and everything that Jesus did in the book of Luke and then everything that was happening in the church. Now, when you're writing it, it sounds like he's probably friendly towards the idea of Jesus, but we don't even know if Theophilus was a believer. He may not have been. Now, in the book of Acts, when it addresses it, Acts chapter 1, and if you, since you're there, we can look at it. Um, and just in this first verse, it says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, and then it says, until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostle whom he had chosen. It, it doesn't say most excellent Theophilus. And some people say, well, it's probably not a big deal. It's just a second letter. He's more friendly. Probably not. We actually think that Theophilus was probably of some position when he wrote the book of Luke's to him. And by the time he wrote the second part, Acts, he might not have been in that position anymore. Most excellent is really a term. Uh, Paul used it when he talked to Felix and Festus. And so it's it's possible at least, and maybe not pro- probable, but definitely possible that Theophilus now is just an ordinary guy. Some people, just for fun, again, nobody knows. There's really no consensus on it at all. But some people think that maybe he was also, by this time, going to fund Paul's ministry and you know, of wealth. And so, so Luke was giving him some background of the ministry that's happening. So some of the key players in the book of Acts, um, Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus starts it out and he says, I'm going wait in Jerusalem. This, we're going to read that scripture in a little bit. Until you're endued with power from the Holy Spirit, you're going to be my witnesses. Uh, but we see right away the, the 120 disciples in the first, uh, in the first uh, couple chapters praying, waiting for the Holy Spirit. We see Peter quite a bit, and Paul are the two main, main people in the book. Um, this is the book where you learn all about Paul and all the places he went in his missionary journeys, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that. Let's see, time-wise. Again, this is, we're just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on this. We're going to move into the message this morning, but they're not positive when it was written. But because the book was, doesn't mention the fall of Jerusalem, which happened in 70 AD, it doesn't mention Paul's death, though it mentions every part of Paul's transformation, his ministry and his missions up until the point he was in Rome in prison at the end of Acts. They believe it was probably written before Paul died. And so probably about somewhere between 62 and 64 AD. That's kind of the background. Now, now within the book of Acts, there's an interesting thing, and this is where we're going to begin to get into the message this morning, is that the first really eight chapters of the book of Acts, if you read it, um, with a, a discerning eye, looking at these details, it's focusing on the Jews. It's focusing on the Jews and their coming to Christ. The church is about to be established. In the very first part, the Holy Spirit will be poured out. 3,000 people get saved. But the message that pa- uh, Peter is preaching and the message that's being preached th- up until the chapter 8 is to the Jews. Now, Let's go to the the key verse of the book of Acts. Anyone want to guess what it is? Let's go to one eight. Yeah, two one's a good one too, huh? I think the key verse would be this. Jesus talking to the disciples before he ascends, and he says, "You shall receive power 
when, you, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, he's talking to the Jewish people. And you see the fulfillment of preaching the gospel to Jews only in the first chapters of the book of Acts. By chapter 8, we be, he begins to move on to the Samaritans. And by chapter 10, he's preaching the, we're preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And truly, it's not until the Gentiles are being folded in until the gospel is preached to the Gentiles that the church really exists. Because the church is made up of Jews and Gentiles. And so the book of Acts is, is fulfilling that preaching cry because God loves his chosen people and he wasn't gonna, he was not gonna sit back and say, I'm not gonna love you. He preached the gospel because he wanted to see the Jews come to faith. But as, as they keep rejecting the message, the message gets expanded and includes us. Who's a Gentile in here? Do we have anyone of Jewish, Jewish descent? All right. So, so we, because of this, got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and know all about Jesus. It wasn't just for the Jews, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, okay. So, this morning I want to talk about the birth of the church. Because 2,000 years later, that's us. But the church isn't a building. The church is a group of people. It's a group of people who are called together. And so the, the church is referred to throughout the book of Acts as when they have a congregation. Often they were meeting in houses. But it's the, the group of Christians, not just individuals. So the birth of the church happened. Um, we're going to get specifically into these, but the, the, the first number is added in Acts chapter 1 and 2 when Peter preaches the first Holy Ghost-inspired message and 3,000 people get saved. And then pretty soon we read there that daily people are getting saved. But you find out even from the very beginning the church is made up of all sorts of people. And I have a great view this morning because I'm looking out at all sorts of people this morning. We come from different backgrounds. We've come, even been raised in different faiths. Some, you know, this is not a Christian nation um, like it used to be. There are a lot of other faiths represented, and some people grew up in maybe uh, Jehovah's Witness homes or Mormon homes, or you might have you might have grown up as a Buddhist. We've had people who used to be former Buddhists who came, but the church as we know it today comes from different backgrounds, races, and religions. And the same thing was happening at the birth of the church. But the thing with the church is that you can't stay that way. It's about believing who Jesus Christ is. The birth of the church was about a group of people who very first get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to be. So this morning what I want to do is compare the early church to us and see how we're doing. And see what marked the early church and spur us on to following the Lord closer. Over the last couple of weeks, we did the, the two messages called The Seven Habits of Growing Christians. 
And, and these are things that growing Christians are doing. I hope you had some great, we had some great discussions in our life group. Hope you did the same thing. Because what does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be growing? So that was the last couple of weeks. Their messages are online if you want to listen to them. And so here we're kind of talking about the same thing. So here we are at the church in 2016. That, that year still just bugs me. I can't believe we're at 2016. Um, Are we fulfilling what Jesus had in mind? Now, the shape of the building and the, 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 the chairs are not the important thing. They, are, they didn't sit in chairs. Um, they mostly sat around, you know, a lot of time on floors. They sat on benches and things. Even when they ate dinner, they didn't have tables like we had. They sat on the floor and reclined. It's not the shape of the building or, or necessarily the way we do worship, but are we fulfilling what happened in the beginning? I want to talk about some of the things that happened in the beginning. These are some things that, that characterized the early church. They gathered together to worship and pray. Very beginning of Acts. They were waiting in the upper room to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're praying and they're waiting. They're worshiping together. You find throughout the book of Acts that, that they would be gathering together. In fact, one of the things, another thing they were doing in the early church was establishing other churches. Traveling around, preaching the gospel, people getting saved and establishing the churches. In the book of Acts, we're going to find that the early church was praying for the sick. and Miracles happened. This is what God started. People praying for the sick. We tend to be a little afraid to pray for the sick sometimes. I don't know about you, but there's been times I've been afraid to pray for the sick because I thought, what if God doesn't heal them? Can I be honest with you? I don't know if that's ever been you. But you go, man, if I pray for this, what if they don't get, don't get healed? Well, they were praying for the sick and miracles were happening and miracles still happen today. Not every time we ask for them because God is sovereign. Some of, one of the things that I put this, this is fun. The early church, the disciples, the Christians, they were getting arrested. I'm going to read about that. Anyone do that lately? Don't raise your hand. Because if you've been arrested lately, likely it wasn't for a good reason. They were getting arrested for preaching the gospel. And, and we'll get to this a little bit later. But, but right after, this is right after Jesus is crucified. Think about this. Jesus upset everyone, so they crucified him. Peter then goes back to the same people, to the same leadership, and said, Jesus, whom you crucified, rose from the dead, and we proclaim him as Lord and Savior. What an idiot. In the natural, he was crazy to go back to the same people and proclaim that Jesus, who they killed, was both God and Lord and Savior, and that they should turn from their wicked ways and accept him. And he was absolutely crazy. But the early church was convinced that Jesus Christ was risen from the grave, that he was who he said he was. And that is why today we can say Christianity is true because the disciples who walked with Jesus all but one were martyred for their faith because they preached the gospel that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. All they had to do was stop preaching the message and all of them would have lived. 
So they, they get arrested because they, they will not be shut up. They will not stop because they've seen Jesus. How are we doing? Some of us are afraid to share our faith with family members, let alone somebody who wants to chop off our head. But, but the difference might be that they, we're going to get into this over the next journey, they are get filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is give you boldness to preach the gospel. Holy Spirit in filling gives you boldness to live out your faith like they did. They amaze me, the disciples. Silver and gold we have none, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Come on. Who said that last week? <laughs> I get, we should be challenged by this because it's the same Christianity today that it was 2,000 years ago. Nothing should have changed, but it has. We tend to come and gather and we want to hear a good message and we hope to have snack and we, you know, if the music is too loud, we're upset or if it's not loud enough and they didn't do the new song and they did too many old songs. I didn't know the words on that one and they didn't have it up on the wall and I just don't know if I like this church thing anymore. He says, no, because it's not about that. We come and we worship and we do these things and they're wonderful, but what he wants us to do is grow in our faith and become radical. <coughs> Radicalized Christians. That's a scary word. Hey, can you be radical? Oh, I don't know about that. The Muslims, you know, they're radical and they're getting in trouble, so we should be moderate. No, Jesus actually wants us to be radical. For him. They get arrested. So they actually got together and they supported missions and they sent Paul all over. They sent Peter all over. In, in chapter 11, there was a famine in the land and the, the early church, they got together and they gathered funds and they, in food and they sent it to a famine in, uh, famine land. So they're working on, on feeding people. We're doing good. We've done these things. Something else the early church did. You're going to find it in the book of Acts. They got in fights, feuds, and had disagreements with other apostles and disciples. We are good at that. I mean, we have got this one down in the church today. We, we know how, but they also were able to part company and bless each other. And they said, I pray that the Lord will bless your work as you go your way, Paul and Different people, they, they parted ways and they blessed the work of God. A lot of people are, and I shouldn't say a lot, but some people come and they talk to me and they, you know, I just wish all the churches met together all the time. And, and I said, you know, we're, we really are so different, but we are not divided. I had breakfast with a number of pastors on Thursday. We prayed for one another. We blessed each other's work. This morning, taking my son to work, he started at 7 a.m. That's too early. I drove across town and I prayed for every single church that I passed. I said, bless them today. Bless the preaching. Let people get saved. I prayed the buildings are full. I didn't say, God, let all the people down there come over to our place. Because we've got the only truth. We bless them. So even in the church, we can disagree over certain things. And say, you know, I, I disagree with that. But we bless the ministry. When we have a feud, when we have a disagreement in the church, we need to work to reconcile it and at least come back to, to agreeing that we love each other and we love Jesus in each other. We're divided on so many things this morning, I won't even go down that road. 
When is the, what, what rapture do you believe in? Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, a-trib, pan-trib. But we believe in Jesus. And we're going to preach the gospel. They met house to house. And they met in the synagogue. One of the things the early church was doing was getting persecuted. They got persecuted because people knew what they believed. It's one of the things the early church happened. In fact, at one point we'll get to there. The persecution is so much that the church leaves Jerusalem and scatters. But it says that the apostles stayed put because they had to keep preaching the gospel. You know, persecution is rising up more and more for us. Uh, it's still pretty minor, I think. You know, somebody calls you out on Facebook, calls you judgmental, can't believe that you believe that. But persecution could come to this country even in a greater way. We need to be willing. Why were they willing? Because they knew that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. He's not just one of many ways. As we go through the journey in the book of Acts, one of the things I want us to happen is to go, He is it. He is worth putting it. You know, if, if you've ever seen the movie, or maybe you did yourself, you know, that, that moment playing poker or something. You look at your hand. You put down the cards, you grab your whole stack of chips, you push it forward, and you say, I'm all in. And it's kind of a, oh. yeah, I don't know if you ever watched poker. I don't watch the, the poker thing. It looks pretty kind of fun, but you know, I mean, at some point it's just, I'm all in. Wherever you're at in your, in your walk with, with Christ, is where you're at. And God is calling you to a deeper walk and He is not going to push you away. He's just going to woo you. But there comes a time when He asks us, will you go all in? And that's what He asked the early church. In chapter 5, we're going to learn about some, a couple of people named Ananias and Sapphira. They weren't all in. It doesn't go well for them. They become filled with boldness and they preach the gospel everywhere they go. Chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, they lie. The early church lied. That didn't work too good. Um, some of the things that the early church was doing is, is they were growing so much, they didn't know how to deal with everything, so they chose deacons, people to serve physical needs because the church was growing and they're feeding the poor and they're doing all these things. They start making lists of widows and who's on the widows list because they began to have all the same issues that we do in the church today. You know, who are we going to serve and who, are, who aren't? Who qualifies? So they choose deacons. Chapter 7. You know, the first martyr in the book of Acts was not one of the big apostles. It was the deacon. Just one of the deacons. Stephen. He was full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit, and he gets martyred. Well, hopefully that won't happen this week to any of us. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but you know, this week, 
somebody in another country will die for their faith. <laughs> wow. And we're going to go out to lunch afterwards. I don't want to make me too heavy, but it's like, yeah, this is, this is real life. People die for their faith. In my prayer this morning, I guess it's just been in my heart, it was, God, we're not asking that you'd help us to die for you, but we're asking you to help us to live for you. You know, that's, that's amazing. They raised the dead. That's a pretty big one. Okay. Let me talk about some of these things in us today. We won't go too late. My prayer and desire, and I believe it's God's prayer and God's desire for us, is that, that we would grow in our faith, that we'd be challenged when we read the Bible, that we'd be challenged by the people's faith, by their actions. We'd look at ourselves. We don't want to fall into this, God sees my heart, and because he sees my heart, Everything else is fine and I can do whatever I want to do. Because truthfully, if we're doing whatever we want to do, our heart isn't good anyways. It's a selfish heart. He calls us to live for Him, be obedient to Him, but He says, but I'm not going to make you do it on your own. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I want to send you a comforter and somebody to fill you with power to be able to do all of the things that they did in the book of Acts. When we read through the book of Acts, one of the challenges we're going to go through, and we'll, we'll say it ahead of time because you're reading ahead of time, is look for the place that it says, I'm going to do this for a little while and then I'm going to stop. I want my people to be bold for a while and then I want them to stop. I want my people to be filled with the Holy Spirit for a while, then I'm going to take it away from them. I want them to speak in tongues for a while and then I'm going to take it away. He doesn't say that. So everything that we see in the book of Acts, God says you can walk in the same things. And that blows my mind. I'm, I'm still wrestling. I have never raised the dead. And I think I must not have any faith. But I believe it can still happen. I... We were in Guatemala not that long ago as missionaries, and, and shortly after we left, a group that we were connected to went to a, a place called Pastor Panahachel, and one of the little small uh, towns on, on the Lake Atitlan, it was just a young group of teens. They went, and, and a child had recently died. And so those teens says, because they, they they'll keep the dead person sometimes for a day or two in their house because they don't even have anything to do with it for necessarily. And so they, this was recently, the body was still there. They went into the back room. And they said, could we go see the, the child? And they went back. And they started to pray for the dead child. And I, I confirm this because I'm a skeptic. I confirm this with as many people who are close to it. And everyone I talked to said, the stories are all over. The child rose from the dead. And I'm going, no, no. It doesn't happen today, does it? God can even raise the dead. He wants us to be bold and just trust Him. Be faithful. I hope that we're challenged to just begin to step out in faith and say, 
you know, my, my, my Christianity, God, I don't think is right where you want it. He doesn't expect us to be here if we're here, but he does expect us to go here. And maybe next week here. Because he wants to draw us ever closer to him. He wants to take things in your life that you're struggling with and says, I want to take that struggle. You still have an addiction? I want to take it from you. I don't want you to struggle with it any longer. I want to set you free. I want to pour the Holy Spirit into you, give you power over all the works of the enemy. And that's why I'm so excited about the book of Acts. This week, let's be people who are reading and praying and say, God, prepare my heart that I might be like one of the early Christians. Preach the gospel. Live dangerously for you. Because what you actually see often is that when they did that, their families were saved too. When the, when the leader of a household got saved, it says he and his whole household was baptized because with that bold faith, they led their home into Christ. This week, as we begin this journey, just say, God, change my heart. We'll, we'll quote Romans 12, there's no condemnation. If you're not where God wants you to be and you know that, well, you're not condemned, but pray that prayer, God, help Help to change my heart. I want to be open for you to take me to where you want me to be. Help me to be willing to be all in. I'm excited. And that's all we've got this morning. Because it's already 11.08. Can we stand as we pray? If you're not comfortable standing, if you can't, there's that's fine. Stay seated. Sometimes one reason we stand is it, it wakes us up again. And there's something for, that's, that's a little bit better. It's... it's you know, you're kind of standing up and making an election. And we're going to lift our hands. And this is a, a lifting of the hands to receive something from God and to pour it ourselves. As we say, God, this morning, we need you. God, as we're going to start this journey through the book of Acts, I am convicted. I'm convicted of low living. Having my sights set on things too much of the earth and not on things that you have. God, I would ask for all of us in this room this morning that you would lead us on a magnificent journey of discovery of who you are, the depth of your love, your grace, your strength, your power. God, I pray, I thank you, God, that you're going to lead us into a depth of understanding and infilling of power from the Holy Spirit on high, whom you promised to those who would believe and who would wait and ask. God, I pray that we would be more and more known like the first early church, the disciples who went all in. God, I pray that you would help each of us walk the journey. None of us have arrived, but I thank you that we can walk it together with those in this room. Lord, as we continue to walk out our faith, we pray that you would expand our understanding of you, our love for you. Give us a heart to read your word and know you that way. God, help us to be a people of prayer. Well, I pray that you would touch each one this morning. Everyone's come with a different need. I pray that you would answer each one. God, I pray that you would comfort those that need comfort this morning. God, thank you for who you are and who you want to be in our lives. And we just commit ourselves and say, yes, Lord. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.